Hey, beautiful human, thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. We are getting ready to catch up with Benson Boone. He's a man from Washington who opened his mouth to sing for the first time just a year and a half ago. You're going to hear Benson's story from Benson, plus we're going to talk Ghost Town in the stars and so much more. Please, a reminder to share our podcast with those you care about, hit subscribe, leave a review, and enjoy. Here's Benson Boone. Hello, beautiful human. I'm Zach, that's Dan, and this is Benson Boone. Yo. Sometimes I like the lonely claps more than the sound of like a roaring applause. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. It, it like it makes it feel more real. Well, yeah, it's it's very direct. Where you know, sometimes I think mob mentality comes into play when like there's roaring applause. It's like you feel like you have to clap. Yeah. But that one person who's clapping against the grain, mm. like they're really showing you something. Yeah, that's that's true. I don't think I've ever thought of it that way. Wow. Mm. It's an honor to have you here. Well, here on the Zach Sang Show, we think of everything. <laughs> we think about things differently. Yeah. One, you know, I did comment on your fit because you're wearing Dickies, and Dickies is my favorite brand ever in existence. Like, I'm obsessed with them. Wow. Yeah, I wear them a lot. Like, the most, the most, the most. Is it mostly just their pants, or do you, like, wear all Dickies? I started just with the pants because, you know, I'm, like, a little bit chunkier. Uh, but, like, the, the fit and the cut blessed me yeah it fits you well so i ended up getting obsessed with the pants and now i'm gonna move from the waist up slowly okay. i'm, I'm Sl- getting yeah, yeah yeah it's like a slow build from the bottom to the top yeah i re- what are you thinking over there just how we're we have a brand new setup and this is slightly ridiculous no, i don't think anything's ridiculous and isn't it hot in here no am i the only one sweating are you sweating I, I'm gonna be honest. I really want to say I'm sweating. No, but you're not. But I'm. You not. layered up. I mean, yeah. He was wearing a tank top when he walked in. Put a shirt over it. Well, yeah. I I put a shirt over it to match the vibe. Well, everybody else had a shirt on. Yeah. Nobody else was showing arms. Yeah. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't really have arms to show in the first place. Man, you you were on national television yesterday wearing a tank top. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I have no arms to show, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Do you really genuinely believe that? Oh, I I actually I actually really just don't have arm like i mean i have obviously have arms but like i I don't there's no muscle on them the one thing i did realize is that you work a crop top better than most people i appreciate that i do love a crop top do you remember like there's a wave of crop tops oh totally it's like i think i don't know if it's in the 70s or 80s because i wasn't alive then but like there was a crop top thing back then and then it just went away, and now it is definitely coming back. Are you a part of this movement? I wouldn't say, like, I mean, yeah. I think so. I, I think I am. I saw you perform at a showcase in town, and you were wearing a crop top. Oh, I definitely was. And I had internal conversations with those I was with about you being one of the few bringing back the crop top in yeah. a powerful way. And that that's the thing about, like, when I wear a crop top, I'm not wearing a crop top. Like, to be like, everybody should wear a crop tops. Like, this is the new thing. No, I just wear a crop top because I like how they look on me. So I'm like, cool, I'll wear a crop top. But I've also realized that people crop shirts now, even if it doesn't go above the belly button, it just mm. cuts you off. Yeah, it, give, it gives it a good little, like, if it's a good material, it gives a little roll yes. at the bottom. See, this one, it's not even a great material, but it's got the little roll. Yeah, but See, it's an my, iconic my shirt. Britney Spears shirt. Are you a Britney fan? I mean... A little, yeah. The answer should be, who isn't? That's true. And Britney are prime, too. Nobody like her. <laughs> I have so many questions for you as I've, like, followed you for years and years and years now. I mean, there's, like, a 
a, a crazy story here because is it fair to say that a few years ago you really weren't planning on even sitting on this couch? It it wouldn't be crazy to say that a year ago I was not planning on sitting on this couch. So it's like it's really been like this year has kind of been has kind of been everything but, that's all happened. I mean, you, you, you like have a loose history in learning piano when you're super young only because your sisters are taking lessons. Yeah. But you end up realizing that you can sing because of your friend Eric. Yeah. He has a band. So what? Well, <laughs> Tell me the story. Okay, yeah. Let me, let me give you the rundown. Okay, so we're in high school. Senior year, it is like, like okay, I guess it was like right before senior year, like the kickoff senior year okay and so this is where it's like the end of summer everybody comes we do this battle of the bands thing and then there's like outside games and all that and it like kicks off the school year and i mean everybody's there and you can bring your families too so it's like everyone everyone in my town was there because it's not a big town it's a community thing yeah exactly and so kind of everyone's just there and yeah, they like. How do you get there? Why are you playing piano? Well, we so Battle of the Bands is like the main event. Okay. Like you come to like do some games, have some food, and then boom, Battle of the Bands. And it's just like all the high school students. Like, like if you want, you can like make a band, or if you have a band, great. And you just play. And there's there was like maybe like eight bands. And so a couple weeks before. Not even a couple weeks, like a week before, my buddy Eric, who I've grown up with and known my entire life, he's like, "Dude, we're gonna do a band. <laughs> like, we're gonna we're gonna make a band. It's gonna be sick, and you're gonna play piano." But out of the blue. Yeah, out of the blue. And this is like not like him, cause I mean he's a cool dude. Er everybody knows Eric, but like, he he isn't someone who just like wants to show everyone his talents. He's more just like he like keeps to himself a little bit. I mean, he's outgoing, but he doesn't want to show off. Like, he's a very humble dude. And so, like, something like this is definitely very unlike Eric, and it was just weird. It was out of the blue, and he's like, dude, we're going to do this. And I'm like, okay. The, this is it. We're going to do it. And all the girls are going to be ours because <laughs> we are about to blow everyone away. And he's like, you are so right. And so it's like, it's like me, Eric, and this girl, Maddie, and she's going to be the singer. And we did three practices, and that's it. That was like, we thought we would just be so good after three practices because we were in high school and everything was perfect. And so we do three practices, and we're like, cool. And then all of a sudden, we don't have a singer. Maddie ditches? And it, yeah, it's just like, well, crap. And so Eric and I are sitting there, and we're like, well, what do we do? And Eric's like, I have an idea. I'm like, what? What's your idea? He's like, you're going to sing. And here's the thing that didn't make sense about that at all. Eric is a good singer. Eric can sing. He can sing his big booty off. He sounds like Shawn Mendes. He really does. And so I'm confused at why he wanted me to sing because he can sing. And I have never tried singing before. So we're sitting there in this little room in my room. We don't have, like, anything except a guitar and an electric piano. And I'm like, all right, I will try. But if it doesn't sound good, you're singing. He's like, okay, cool. So I tried, and it was, like, 
You know when someone's like not really good at singing, but they're not really bad. They're just kind of like average. Okay, yeah. It was like that. So we were. What'd like, you sing? Havana, uh, "Shallow" by Lady Gaga. Uh, what's that song? <laughs> Royals. Oh wow! And then I feel like we did one more. Oh, "The Good Parts" by Andy Grammer. So it was like all oh. over the place. Just like yeah, but that's like good range. I like that. Yeah. So it's like like a chill, solid set. Um, good covers. Yeah. And so, like, it was, like, we weren't even a band. Like, the first song was The Good Parts by Andy Grammer. And I went out there and played the piano and sang. Eric stood there the whole time. (laughs) Well, actually, he sat. (laughs) So, it was, like, so weird. But anyway. But but you sing, and you just sound okay, but good enough to front this thing? It was good enough to, like, be a high school band. Okay. So, we get to this, we get to this event. Everyone's there. The whole time, we're like, oh, this is, this is going to be, like, I have I just don't know how it's gonna be like it's gonna be cool it's gonna be not cool I don't know and everyone gathers for like the start of the band's playing and how you win is donations like you put a jar out and whoever gets the most donations wins wow the bands start going and of course like we look at the we look at the set list and we're last <laughs> we're the last band everyone is just like going through these bands that are like mediocre high school bands. And then, of course, like the second to last band is like a band that's actually good at our school. Like these these kids, and they're 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 cool. So it's like that was going to be like probably the highlight of the night. And so they do that. And then, of course, last is Benson Boone and Eric Mogelson. That's his <laughs> name. And, it, and we're like, oh, gosh. I've never sang in front of anyone. I've never sang in general. My parents are here. They probably, they don't even know I'm singing yet. Like, before I went on stage, they didn't even know I was going to sing, that I was going to play the piano. So it is just like every possibility of going wrong was like in my head. I was like, wow, this is going to be the worst experience of my life. And we go out on stage and we're like, hey, everybody, we're The Roots. That was our band name. And today we'll be performing, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. And everyone... Just like before I say what's about to happen, everybody at school knows Eric and I. As like, we just like to talk to everyone. We don't have like one solid friend group. It's like we were just friends with everyone. And we like to be just, we just like to be social. So like everybody knew us, but nobody knew us as music people. Like we didn't do anything music. We were sports guys. We did sports all through high school when we were kids. So like, this was so weird, not just for us, but for everyone. <laughs> now, we're behind, we're behind the high school by the field, okay? We are getting ready for this. I go out, I sit down at the piano, and I'm like, okay, this is the good parts by Andy Grammer. And I, I start playing, I do the intro, and then I started singing, and like I'm like, okay, I got to give it all or nothing. So obviously, I gave it everything I had, and my voice was just there, like it had been there my whole life. I started singing, and even to me, it sounded so good, and I was like, what? And so I stopped, like, halfway through the verse, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I did not even know I could sing. <laughs> Let's get this party started. And then everyone just was like, ah! and I'm like, here we go. And then I sang. Like, all, all four songs, they just were like, it was like the most magical moment of my life. I had goosebumps the whole time. My parents are sitting there bawling their eyes out. <laughs> what? It's like it's the crazy. craziest thing that's ever happened. And then we won by like $700. 
And it was just like the most bizarre experience of my life. Like I never expected anything like that to happen. And I don't think anyone at my school did either. But like, let me tell you, the day after, like the first day of school, walking through the halls and seeing like, just like in my head, I was like, man, every girl wants to get with me right now. <laughs> Probably like zero of them did. But in my head, I was like the coolest dude. Eric and I were like, this is so sick. We own this school, dude. <laughs> but it was like the craziest experience of my life. And that's like kind of where it all started. So one, where's Eric? Eric is on a mission right now. So I, I grew up. He's Mormon. Mormon. Yes. Yeah. And, and he's in Peru right now. Wow. Yeah, so he gets back next summer. Not going on the mission, I know, is a big decision, but it's also a huge decision to go. Yeah. Was there any part of you, like, because the, the, the paths of success here had to have lined up some way, somehow, even down to American Idol. Yeah. Be because you end up on American Idol, but you choose to leave. So let's go back to th this high school. Like, does video of this performance make its way to the internet? Do you choose to take these talents to TikTok? I think my mom maybe has a video of that Battle of the Bands, but... I don't know. But after, yeah, after that, I started just posting videos on TikTok. And, like, yeah, that was, like, right at the beginning of TikTok, I guess. So in your three band practices, you never realized that your voice was as good as it was until you got on the stage in front of people? Well, I mean, I was just, I was just playing the piano for my band practices. So it was, like, I didn't even have to think about that. I was just, like, playing the piano, like, man, this is so easy. Like, all I have to do is just play, like, five chords and then sick. And you only sang once to Eric and... That was your first time. Yeah, and Eric was like, dude, that sounds pretty good. And I was like, it probably really doesn't. And so we recorded we recorded <laughs> ourselves, and we were like, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, but then something happens when you hit the stage. Yeah, I think it's like sing. I think like really trying to sing in front of someone, even if it's like, because Eric, I mean, I've literally known him since I was six months old, and we're five months apart. So we've known each other forever. Um but like even him, I was like scared to sing in front of him. And so I think in that practice, like singing is definitely something if you give it 100%, it, it is a game changer when you have like a, a voice. Um, less like based on compared to when you give it like 80%. Like there's a big difference in that last 10, 20%. Um, and I think that's what I unlocked like in front of my school. Do you see the voice as a muscle? Like, do you believe you can get better and better the more you practice and yeah. work at it? Yeah, I, I totally do. Like, I listened to some of my, like, original, like, the week after that, my first singing videos, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I want to throw up. It's so bad. But, like, to me, bad. Like, it would be, it would be, like, all right. But I definitely think it is something you can always, like, find out ways to sing more healthy. Or, like, hit higher notes or lower notes. It's, like, something you can always expand, I think. Yeah. So when do you choose to write a song? Because just because you can sing doesn't mean you necessarily can write or yeah. express your emotions. Totally. Yeah, I didn't actually start writing till about a year ago. Um, and I guess, like, this Battle of the Bands thing happened, like, two and a half years ago. Like, Which is, like, wrap your head around that for a second. Like, that's no time, but also the most time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is, it is crazy, but like after American Idol, cause American Idol happened like a little over a year ago. Um, you find Dan Reynolds, right? Yeah. And I, up until even like 
during American Idol, like I had never written anything. I never tried to like really write a song. Were you afraid or what? <clears throat> I just think like I think if you want to write music, like like when you start writing music, I guess as a singer, like it kind of means like you're serious about it. I feel like, um, or like that's what you want to do. And even during American Idol, I didn't really know if like music is really where I wanted to go. Because you were enrolled in school at the time. Yeah, I was I was studying architecture and interior design. That was like my plan. So I thought that's what I was going to be doing the rest of my life. But um <laughs> isn't that crazy? It is wild. <laughs> it is so weird. Um but yeah, after after like the reason I quit American Idol is because I wanted to do music. I decided that I wanted to do music. And I don't I don't want to be part of like I don't I don't want people to be like, "Oh, Benson Boone. American Idol blew him up." Like that's where he comes from. Like no. I want to be Benson Boone because I write smash hits and they love my music. That's that's like that's why I quit. I, I I just didn't want that label on me. But what happens in your life <clears throat> that makes you realize that this is something you need to take seriously? Like 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 what happened that made me realize that I need to quit? Leave school, focus on music, and then really you leave Idol at the, kind of the same time. Yeah, I think I'm a big risk taker, and and that's how I've been my whole life. Um, like I've been that way just in sports or in cliff jumping or just like stuff like that. Like I always like to like feel the thrill of like not knowing fully how something's going to go. And obviously this is a very different category than it's, it's <laughs> jumping it's, off a cliff into <laughs> 10 foot water. But this is like a fall that lasts your whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if it goes bad, like I'm You're just eternally keep falling. screwed. Yeah. But, um, you know. I have, I, I really have great parents and, and like, I think they played a big part in this where like I talked to my mom, um, while I was on American Idol and like when I told them I wanted to quit, I, they don't know anything about music. And so they were very confused at like why I would want to quit. But once I explained it, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to have this label like just posted on me for life that I'm the American Idol kid. But if I if I really want to do music and I really think I can do it, then I'm gonna try my best to get as far as I can. And they just believed in me, and I think it was like because they believed in me that I really thought I could do it. And I mean, cause cause like I had never written a song. I didn't know if I could write a song. I didn't know how to write a song. <laughs> I didn't know where to start to write a song. It's just a lot of things I didn't know, and I just kind of expected it to go well. Like as as a 19, 18 year old does like just, I just saw an opportunity and I took it. There's like a blind naivete like that exists when you're that young and a blind confidence that like, it doesn't matter. Like I, I've like at that, at that period of my life, I had been pulled over like seven times, never gotten a ticket. <laughs> I had like done like the sketchiest cliff jump sands with my friends and I'd never gotten hurt. So I was like, in my head, I was invincible. Yeah. Just because of that. And it's like. I just I just didn't think anything would go horrible. Yeah, but you need that blind confidence and that naivete to like take the leap and make the jump that can change your freaking life. Yeah. And to take the risk that a lot of people really wouldn't take. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was like it was very scary for sure. Like <clears throat> Stepping away from the show and, and like having the conversation with the producers. But but even leaving school, like like you know Oh yeah. American Idol was that's the <laughs> best decision you made 
really truly and i don't mean that like against people who have been on idol <laughs> no, because we yeah. respect them and they've been on kelly clarkson okay that's enough i'll shut the fuck up but like that at this stage in the show's history and in your career yeah that was the best decision you could have made but leaving school is scary as shit yeah and i actually i technically still haven't dropped out i guess i took like a deference okay so eventually i'll just run out and you'll get a call on you like, oh yeah like i'm not going back and i kind of <laughs> knew that just like kind of when i when i started it but it was like the most that like the tiniest amount of reassurance that like i could go back the next semester but i but i just didn't think i would mm. i just did that because you know college Listen. college is a big deal and like once you're in college like i feel like dropping out is a big deal as well but Hitting pause. Hitting pause is just hitting pause. <laughs> I mean, you can watch a show and hit pause and go make mac and cheese at any at any point. <laughs> Come back whenever you want. Yeah. So, yeah, it would like there were so many things that I just didn't know about about what was going to happen. But why did you go on Idol in the first place? Was it your idea? Or did somebody suggest it to you? It came to you, right? I I got a DM. You got a DM. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure a lot of people did because of COVID. Um, cause like they couldn't, I'm, I'm sure they couldn't do like the group, like audition thing mm. that they usually do. But yeah, I had never even watched the show like when they asked me to be on it. So like, I, I feel like I just didn't have any emotional attachment to like getting kicked off the show or like, like not going further in the competition. And I think that actually helped me a lot. Cause I think a lot of people on that show, have been working towards that their whole life. Like, they've always wanted to do American Idol. They've been singing their whole life since they were, like, three. And me, like, I was just there. Like, I got asked to be on the show a month ago. I'm just, like, seeing what happens. I'm in college right now. So it just, like, it helped me be more casual mm -hmm. in myself on the show. I want to get to Dan Reynolds and you writing music. <laughs> How do you meet him? Uh, he actually reached out to me on social media as well. And was like, dude, I really like just how you carry yourself and your vibe. And I was wondering if you wanted to come to Vegas <laughs> and write with me for a couple of days and see what we can come up with. And had you written a song at this point? No. <laughs> no. Um, that was like, when I saw that, that it's like a moment where I was like, I like pinched myself and I was like, no way. That just happened. Like, that's not real. Because um, Dan, I mean, he's done it all. He is, like, they have so many smash hits. Like, it wasn't even until, like, a couple months ago I went to one of their concerts, and I literally forgot how many huge songs they have. Like, it is nuts. That he is, He's a beast. And not only in a musical form, but, like, he is literally a beast. He is 6'5", <laughs> absolutely yoked. Just, like, if I was ever, like, in a situation where... The fate of the world depended on me, and I even just had to like beat him in an arm wrestling competition. <laughs> Count me out. The world is done. Like he is just a tank. Is this why you're so insecure about your arms? Maybe honestly, like you look great just the way you are. Thank okay, you. thank you, Zach. You know, you, you, Dan Reynolds is Dan Reynolds. Yeah, y he is. <laughs> yeah, but like when that happened, I I could not believe it, and it was it it was crazy but are you shit nervous going into a studio with him and being expected to create something when you've literally oh only done covers uh yeah i and so reynolds management 
it's like they have like a creative compound in Vegas, right? It's huge. Yeah, yeah, it's so sick. But uh, this guy Jeff Burns, he's my manager now. Um, but he is in Reynolds management, and so he reached out to me as well, like on Dan's behalf. And he's like, "Yo, like Dan is interested in you, and like I'm interested in managing you because I know you don't have a manager, and then, like." So it was like getting a manager and writing for the first time were like two big things that I was about to do. In one in one trip. In one trip. So I went to Vegas and met Jeff. <clears throat> and it's so nice having someone like Jeff is the coolest. He's the coolest ever. Like he's like my best friend now. Um and I love that. He's just a young, very smart, but like will have fun guy. Like I love him. But when I went to when I went to Vegas to write with Dan I, I met Jeff first at the airport. Like he picked me up and we went out and got lunch and like talked for a bit and he kind of run like ran me through the situation. And we pulled up to Dan's. Do you go alone? Do you go with your parents? I went well, Jeff stayed in the car. Okay. <laughs> so like, yeah, I was walking up there alone. Jeff's just like, All right, go ahead. He's like, Yeah, just go meet just go meet Dan. Like the war general. Go meet him. <laughs> but I knock on the door and you just hear a And he opens the door, and he's, like, the nicest dude. But when I saw him at first, I literally just about lost it. He's so big. <laughs> and I and I was so intimidated, like, like beyond intimidated. I was just speechless. And he's like, hey, man, how's it going? He just gives me a hug. Like, Dan, like, Dan gave me a hug. <laughs> like, that was just crazy to me. And so... We just we just got talking for a bit, and it was me, Dan, and his guitarist Wayne. And Wayne's so cool. Wayne's just a homie. He is so talented. Is just incredible. But yeah, I was like, hey, Dan, I've I've never written before, so I don't really know what you want me to do or like how I even do doing. <laughs> but I I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. And he's like, like this is literally what he said. He's like, dude, just like listen to the music and just chime in whenever you want. Like, we're just going to be writing and just, like, if you have any ideas, pop in. And I was like, gosh, like, I was so nervous and I didn't know what to do. And he just, him and Wayne just go on the piano and start, like, playing some chords and messing around. And I just caught on so quick because he was so cool. Like, right off the bat, I was like, oh, maybe try, and whatever. And, like, the first three days... We just wrote six songs, and it just, like, automatically became natural oh. to write. And, yeah, it's, like, right after that, I did a trip to L.A., like, for an official writing trip with, like, sessions in a in a studio. And literally the first one I wrote was Ghost Town. You learn a bunch in Vegas. You write six songs. None of those have been released? Uh-uh. Are they good enough to be heard by the public? Yeah. One of them actually has been heard, like on on TikTok. You've teased it, yeah. But it was it was a long time ago, and it's not produced yet. But I like, yeah, they they were they were good. Well, I I think they're. You now have confidence that you didn't have before because you're with Dan Reynolds. So you go to L.A. looking to craft a hit with um, Ghost Town, or what? Like, did you come with an idea? Well, I mean, like, what did you learn that you carried with you into these sessions in this town? I think. Okay, so, like, in a session, you just, like, I don't even know how to explain it. You just write music. But, like, getting to that point is, like, you have to, like, 
be in the environment of a session to understand how it goes, right? Like like any job. But when I went to LA, I guess it was like like the the true test where like I had to see what I can do, not what Dan and I can do. Like like what I can write and if I can write. And that's a big risk too. Like like Jeff um Jeff wanted to manage me and and was like at that point now my manager and he was taking a risk because he didn't even know if I could write music and you can't be an artist if you can <laughs> I mean you can but like you get pitched songs and then it's just that's not doing it like you cannot be an artist if you can't write and so I like I felt <coughs> a lot of probably unneeded but I, I felt a lot of pressure on this trip like to write something really good to show people that like I really can do it. Man, you meant to be in those rooms. And you wanted to work with these people. Yeah. And so I, I feel like I do work a lot better under pressure, though. I mean, clearly, you got up on stage after seeing <laughs> once before, and you did well. Yeah, so, like... Do you put pressure on yourself, even if other people don't? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't like to mess up. Uh, and I'm very competitive, too. So, like, if there's a challenge... I will take it. So when you see this session, what is your goal? I just wanted to make like the best song that I could. Just a smash hit. And another thing about sessions is like when you're done writing the song, I mean, it, it, it's like taking the ACT. Like your brain is dead after. So after I walked out of the session, I completely forgot what I wrote. Like just, just like that. Like it was gone out of my head. And that's kind of how it goes. Like when you write a song, like you walk out of the studio and you forget it unless you're hearing it more like the next day or whatever. And then when you hear the bounce, like a couple days later, like it's like you're hearing it for the first time, which I think is really good because hearing a song for the first time is something you literally get to do once. And it's an important listen. Literally the most important listen. Yeah. And and I wrote Ghost Town the first day and it didn't sound really much like it does now. Um, I mean, I guess it does, but like it just very minimalistic um i mean it, w it was a day take but yeah that was what i wrote the first day and then i really liked it so like the next day i just i wrote another one of my best songs that i haven't released that will be coming out in july um it's called let me go and why is it one of your best just because like i i don't even like i don't know how to explain it unless i played it for you it's just like, it's so emotional and it captures just part of me that was so like innocent and just right at the beginning of everything. Like that was like literally the second song I ever like wrote and it's just very meaningful, I think. Um, I, I love it. You put a lot of detail in the songs you write. In the stars, for instance, you shout out the name of a street. Yeah. Is it real? What's Creek Road? Yeah. In Monroe, I grew up in Monroe, Washington, and Woods Creek Road is like one of the one of the main roads there. Starting writing at such a unique stage of your career, where have you drawn the most inspiration from? That's a good question. Um, I don't know because like I've never like really had my heart broken by a girl. Like I've, I've just never been in like a situation where it's been like. We were together for, like, so many months, and then she just ripped my heart out. Like, that's never happened. Have you been in love? Yeah. But not in a relationship? Uh, well, like, I I had been in, like, a couple, like, three-day 
<laughs> I love you at day one, two, and three, the deuce. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, that's not really where I drew inspiration from. But in the stars, I feel like is where most of it comes from. My grandma that I wrote in the stars about. Obviously, there are songs that I write about love. I don't write those about my grandma. Like, I don't. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, I think, it, like, in high school, like, like writing essays yeah. was, like, that was, like, my stronghold. Like, English was my strong, my stronghold in, in, in school. Um, I didn't necessarily love it, but I was good at it. And so I think just naturally when I express my emotions in writing, I can do it in a way that's like, like I can make, I don't really even know how to say this. Like I can just formulate sentences that I feel like are relatable easily. And so if I go through anything, even like getting my car impounded because I didn't get my license plate for a year. Did like, that happen? Yeah. Yeah, it was really frustrating. But, like, I was so frustrated while that was happening, and I just used that frustration to write a song. Really? Like, like stuff like that happens all the time. And in songs, like, I never draw from one spot and one, like, like I never draw emotion from one event and, and just that. Like, it's always from this and then this too, and this happened and this happened. Like, it comes from a lot of different places. So you channel that frustration into what? <laughs> An actual record that has nothing to do with your car being impounded? Yeah, yeah. There and there's like like there's another one um that's coming out that I'm really excited about. Like this is just this song is just a little bit different for me. Like not dramatically, but like it is it is like I'll play it for you after. And it's it's just a different vibe than what I've released. Um and I literally like I literally wrote it about like like it's it's called better alone it's like when you hear better alone like the course is literally maybe i'm better alone and when you hear that like you think of like a relationship like oh she broke my heart and now i just think i'm better alone but no it was like it was literally about me breaking up with a girl in fourth grade <laughs> like that's where it started and it is it's about other things too but like it just Music is so weird. So do you get there by self-reflection? I guess so, yeah. But, like, there's, there are also some songs that I have literally written about nothing. Like, they are not about anything that I've been through. It's just, like, something I just thought about, and then I wrote about it. Like, stuff like that happens all the time, too. So it's not always, I don't have all these traumatic experiences that happen that I'm like, oh, I should write about that. How many songs are you sitting on? Because the one thing that was a little shocking to Dan and myself is that there's only three songs available from Benson Boone on, on Spotify or Amazon Music. Yeah. Well, there is a bunch of remixes. <laughs> the Campfire <laughs> remix, I still am trying to process oh, what the difference is there. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, you know, the, the alternate versions of Ghost Town are not my favorite thing. Uh, why, why are they out? It gets upstreams and it waterfalls into one another. This is a whole strategy. Yeah. Mm. That's that's music DSP servicing <laughs> 101, baby. Yeah. Um this is like when I when I write a song and I get a bounce back, which a lot of songs I haven't even got a bounce back from the producer. But <clears throat> when I get the bounce back, I put it in a note. And so like like this is the note. Oh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 
Who else? Whoa. It's a lot there. Are there like, wow. Are you taking notes on the songs? Yeah, those, like when you see like yeah. the words, I just write little notes that I don't want to forget. Do you share that with Dan? No. No. Who do you share that with? My mom. Really? Mm-hmm. And she gives you feedback? I mean, like, not on the note, but yeah, she she always, like, whenever I add something, it gives her a notification, because it's like, <laughs> Benson added blah, blah, blah to the note, and she just always, like, I, I don't think she's ever disliked one of the songs, because she's my mom, <laughs> like, she would never be like, wow, that song sucks, <laughs> so she just always gives me, like, shoots me a text whenever I put a new one in there, she's like, I love blah, blah, blah this and this and this. Why so, is it important for you to share that with your mom? Well, one, I mean, my mom really wanted to hear all the, like, she really wants to hear all the things I write. My mom really likes just, like, seeing what I do, like, my process. Um, and she actually just came in the studio for the first time with me to finish Let Me Go. I let her come in and just see what we do. And she loves it. She's so sweet. Um, but I, I think just, like, I think she worries about me a lot. Um and it like if I if I talk about it too much, it'll literally make me cry because it's just she's so tender. But I, I think she worries about me a lot just because this is a crazy industry, yeah. um, and I'm surrounded by a lot of things that are really crazy, and people that are really crazy. Um, and she, I mean, I live by myself, and I live in Vegas, and I don't have a, a lot of friends there. Um, all my friends are just back home at Washington or in college somewhere, and so. I don't I don't get to see, you know, people my age very often. And and it it takes a toll on you, but like Yeah, that's hard. It is. But but that's why she worries about me so much and like just having showing her my songs like helps her know what I'm doing. That like I am doing something and and the songs obviously reflect some things that I go through and so I feel like it just helps her understand me a little more and worry less and worry less. Yeah. I mean, that is, that has to be incredibly hard because this is a life that like you, your parents, your family could have really never expected. Yeah. It's not like you were on this path for decades working towards this. Yeah. And I'm not saying you haven't worked towards what you have. You definitely totally, have. Totally. But like this, you know, people work decades, like their whole life to your point of on American Idol, kids are training since they're three. Yeah. You know, people know where you're like, the path is clear. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this was a left turn for everybody. Yeah, I can understand how just like not being around anyone your age and just being around people that want to be around you because they'll make money off of you. It's like it's a it's a disturbing feeling. Like it just kind of disgusts you. And that's why I don't live in LA too. Like I hate LA. Like it is is my least favorite place on earth. One because it's just crowded in traffic and every time I drive here I want to just throw up. <laughs> But, like, I I don't know, just there are a lot of people that are just there to benefit off you. And I just hate that. It's sad but true. It's sad but true, but also I'm making it sound like that's just all I go through. But it's it's not. Like, there are some amazing people that you meet in in this industry. Like, like you guys. I mean, you guys are so sick and just nice and you just want to know what's up. And it's like people like that are... Like they start to get more rare as the, the longer you're in uh, it. I can literally sit here and like spill a thousand words of wisdom on you, but like you know, the truth is you need to find your people and keep them close and understand that family is more important than anything. And the friends that you make at the beginning, who like you for you and not because of what you have, are the people 
you got to hold nearest and dearest to your heart. You know? Yeah. Truly, I've, I'm very lucky. I've been doing this for 15 years as of July, and most of my friends that I've made through the industry, all of my friends exclusively through the industry, have been my friends for like 10 plus years. Yeah, which is so cool. Those friendships later in life would never have formed that way, you know? Um, but so keep keep the real ones close and keep your guard up around other people. Because the truth is you're right. Like people's intentions, they are not pure. As much as you want them to be pure because you may be lonely or be in need of a friend and you may beat yourself up for questioning one's motives. Yeah. But know that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Totally. Truly. I mean, it must be lonely, right? Like I'm assuming you don't have friends with you in Vegas. Uh, no. How do you meet people who are also 19 <clears throat> in a city that's built around 21-year-old degenerates? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, 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 it's hard, yeah. Um, but also, like, I am not home all the time. Like, I'm on, like, I'm like, yeah, in L.A. or Nashville or New York or Europe. Um, so, like, that is, like, it's not the worst but yeah, when I when I'm in, when I'm home for like a week or two, I j I just hang out with with Jeff and Jordan. Jordan's Jeff's like kind of basically my second manager. They're a team. Do you really want to be releasing all this music that you've been sitting on? Oh yeah. Does it annoy you to see that you've only released three songs? So much. It's it is so like difficult for me. Like at Christmas. When I, I know you're like, what is he talking about? <laughs> At Christmas, like, when I have presents for, like, my siblings and parents, like, I cannot keep it together. All I want to do is just give it to them, like, like right then. I, I can never wait till Christmas to give them their presents. <laughs> so, like, when I have something, all I want to do is tell everyone. Like, it's, it's, every, every time I hear news, the second I hear good news, I call up everyone that I think would want to know. Or just would listen, and I call him and tell him what's up. <laughs> That's just what I do, and like, it's not a good thing sometimes, but it's a, a great thing sometimes. I think that's a beautiful thing, by the way, sharing good news, giving people gifts that you've created or picked out for them, yeah. and it's connected to you wanting to release your music because somebody, that's somewhere, crazy. is telling you you can't. Yeah. So, like, with with TikTok being kind of driving the music industry right now, like. It is so, it's so weird. Like, it's just not how it used to be. Because um, if a song doesn't work on TikTok, it just doesn't work. Unless you're Justin Bieber or Harry Styles. Like, which in that case, they make it work. Because they're them. So, like, me, someone who does not have ears all around the world, just by millions and millions and millions of people, like, I have to do something for each song I release or each yeah. body of work, I have to do something to get recognition for it. So like it's a slow process where like every time I want to release something, I have to blow it up first. Has there been songs that you've tried to tease on TikTok that didn't go the way you wanted and you ended up not putting them out? Totally. And there, but there's there's also been like like Room for Two, my second song. Yeah. I love that song, but I didn't even have time to tease it on on TikTok because it was like right in the middle of like 90 bajillion things I had to do with with the label and my family and like all of this, like this writing trip. And I met, like I was spending a week with John Bellion, who's like my idol. And I, I got to work with him. And I didn't know you worked with him. I knew he was a hero of yours. Yeah, yeah. I Like I, he's kind of like how I got into music too. Like I, I went to his concert after yeah. Battle of the Bands 
and he inspired me to like just like really start getting into music. But and so like that all happened right during the release of Room for Two. So it was so frustrating. I couldn't blow it up and it's now just like it has like seven million streams and it's just like that's still good, but it's not good. It's really not good. It's just frustrating. So that one instance proves to you that there's steps that you need to take before every release? Totally. And if yeah. those if you can't check off those boxes, it's worth not putting the song out? Yeah. Yeah. But also like once the song is out, it's not like it's only out for a certain amount of time. Like I can still do things with Room for Two and I'm not giving up on it because I don't want to have like Ghost Town with like well over a hundred million streams and in the stars on the way to a higher number and then room for two where it's like i don't want to have that um because i don't know like ghost town was a hard song to start with because it did like boost up my expectations like crazy yeah but in the stars is killing it yeah and and that's where like i just think if i work harder and harder like i can get them to just start consistently being the same until one's a little more and then one's a little more and then more and more. Um, but Room for Two was a learning experience for me. How do you get in the room with John Bellion? Um, I mean, like, he doesn't just work with anybody. No. And did you go to Long Island or was it here? Long Island. Yeah. I, Sick. His house? I stayed in his basement. Wow. I know. I That's iconic. peed my pants. I, I would too. Yeah. Hi, John. Um, You're amazing. We, we love him here. <laughs> He is amazing, um, and he's so talented and so just like such a genuine human. So, how many songs do you make with him? I think it was like two or three songs. Who else is in the room? Was Michael Pollock in the room? No, I love Michael Pollock though. He's such a gift. He is. That is such a good word. He's such a gift. Um, I did in the stars with him, uh, w with Michael Pollock. <laughs> um, he played the piano on it. Sick. Um, but no, we actually wanted to have Michael Pollock there. But it was me, uh, one of my good producer friends, Eli, and then and then John. Um, but yeah, like the first day we literally didn't even write. We just like hung out and got to know each other. And then like the next two days, two or three days, we wrote, and it was just so cool, so cool this to just see, like, a real artist just work. Like, it was crazy. There's nobody like John Bellion. <laughs> no. And one of the things I wanted to know, because, again, I didn't know that you worked with him. I just knew that you went to his concert. Like, what have you learned from him? What from John do you apply to your own stuff? Yeah. John, so, like, with performing, I mean, I mean, when he has, like, those documentaries on yeah. YouTube that are crazy, like, showing how he produced and just, it's just wild. But his live show is also easily one of the top three best shows i've ever seen in my life me too and like, the band is, is insane it is the best like just a couple things he did one i mean i i wasn't that far from the front but i was like a good enough distance to where like he wouldn't look straight at me yeah. but i felt like i was the only person in that room you're talking like, about his concert yeah i i felt like like he could literally like like no one else could be there and I would still just be having just as much fun. Like like he just makes you feel like you are part of his performance. And then like towards the end, he goes up to his band and he like beatboxes something just a freestyle for the yeah. drummer to do and he hums like something for the for one of the trumpet players to do. Like he just like goes to every person and like hums something for them to do. And then he freestyled the song. 
on stage in front of like thousands and thousands of people and I was like what and it sounded sick I was like dude that is just crazy one to have the nerve to even try something like that in front of a huge crowd but two someone like talented enough to be able to do that and do it well is just crazy like you could just see how talented he was how passionate he was about it he made you feel like he's part of it like like everything about his concert was perfect and what do you learn from him by being in the studio with him for days in the studio he just like when I when I first met him I expected him to be god honestly like like seriously it. like <clears throat> When I found out, like, just, like, things about him that aren't perfect, I was like, whoa, like, you're a human, too. And so, for like, just that alone, I was like, wow, that just kind of changed my perspective on him in a good way. And then, like, once he started working, he always wanted to know my opinion, like, like what I thought the best melody was or what I thought the best chord was or like how I thought the production should sound like he made me the highlight of every song I mean which it they like they w were gonna be for me like they were gonna be my songs so it makes sense but like I just didn't expect that um, and it just goes to show how much he cares about like just what I think and it's him like him and Dan both have taught me very similar things to where like you should never do anything that's going to be to please someone else musically. I don't, I don't want to write songs so that my label will be happy with what I'm writing. Like, I want to write songs that I'm happy with and that when I release them, I'm proud of it. And he just, like, was, is all about that. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't want you to do anything that you don't want to be doing. And he's just, like, such a good guy. Will those songs ever be released? Probably. 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 <laughs> Do you have an album in the works or what? I don't really know right now. I mean, I'm so I'm I'm doing an EP in July. Cool. Which will, which will probably be four new songs. Oh wow. Four or five. In addition to in the stars. Yeah. In in addition to everything that's out. Um. So I guess like that's like what we have planned right now. I don't know after that though. And are you <laughs> deciding what's going to be on that EP based on TikTok? Actually, this time, like like yes and no. Um, there are a couple songs where like we, I, I wanted to make sure that it was like, these are the best ones, like, like my favorite ones that w will work the best on TikTok. Yeah. Like Better Alone, for example, Better Alone is one of my favorite songs and it makes me so happy because like I could so easily make so many videos to that. Um, and I will. So I think Better Alone will probably be the biggest, but like how I wanted to do it is like have because better than the, the single right before the ep if i can blow up like really blow up the single and then one song that's going to be on the ep then i can get the rest of it to just go go do you block off this kind of thinking when you're in the studio like the thought of tiktok and data yeah and yeah yeah numbers like i would never write a song for tiktok but once a song is written i would use it for tiktok 100 percent. got it so like I yeah yeah I would never like if I was if I was in the studio I would rather write something that I'm going through or like that I like rather than like what would work on TikTok 
Like I've never really thought that way in the studio. Are our crop tops strategic to uh, get people to uh, view us on TikTok? The answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I was giving a little show. <laughs> yeah, you may want to explain what's going on with your pants there. No, he, oh, yeah. <laughs> Where's the camera, by the way? That's on me. He's wearing diggies. <laughs> okay. I'm, first of all, I'm really glad I wore the headphones. By the way, I only shout out Dickies because they're a sponsor. But also... Are they really? Yeah, you want some? Yeah. Sure. I'll get you some Dickies. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> That's easy. I'll take you up on that. If, if I <laughs> go step right there, can they still hear me? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be fine. Can they see him if he stands up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I went to Whole Foods. <laughs> I went to Whole Foods <laughs> and ate so much food. And you know, like when you eat food, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you get bigger. You know, a food baby. Yeah. And I had a big food baby, <laughs> like, a, like a nine month food baby. And so <laughs> I rolled it up. And I zipped it a little bit so that it's not like tight. Okay. They're not, I mean, they could well, be tighter. Like, like, you could be wearing skinny jeans. On my taste. On your what? Tied on my waist. <laughs> they said something else. Well, they look good, by the way. You have a, it's, it's a great look. Thank you. I think Thank it's I, again. It's a great way to wear dickies. Once I did that, though, I actually really like this. No, keep it going. So I'm just gonna make it a thing. Yeah, but I think like some people do wear it this way. Yeah, well, I mean, you could be one of the people. You weren't the first man to ever wear a crop top, but I no. think you added fuel to that fire. Yeah. You feel me? I feel you. Look at you. Let me ask you a question. What's it like having a sleepover at John Bellion's house? Spiritual. Is it? Okay. Let me let me actually let me actually tell you how it is. Yeah, I wanna know. <laughs> First of all, this house is beautiful. It is it looks like a house. Like as in I feel like some musicians like have these crazy elaborate homes that are like just wild. John Bellion's house. <clears throat> like he's a family man and that house looks like it's the house of a family man. Like as in it looks like a beautiful nice home that i would want to live in with a family wow like it's it's wonderful and it like makes you feel at home yeah so but in his basement like he's got this guest room with a bunk bed that i stayed on with yuli the producer <laughs> so like we're in a bunk bed so i felt like a kid again <laughs> and his bathroom is so sick he had the most beautiful shower i think i've ever seen really so i took like three showers a day just to be in there because you could yeah not your water not my oh I, yeah i didn't think about that sorry john i the water bill must have been expensive you better release those songs yeah it just like he just makes you feel at home he he really does like make you makes you feel very welcomed are there late night conversations that are happening oh you bet your butt who, who who's the last person to say goodnight? probably me and so I, I was like i was laying on the top and yuli's down on the bottom and you know it's it's just like that I feel like just a scene from a movie where like you're going to bed, you're like, all right, good night. And then you're like laying there for a sec. <laughs> you know, have you ever thought about <laughs> <laughs> like you get talking, like I feel like like when I'm when I'm with Eli one, he's just such a he's such a cool guy. Um but he just is like a kid. And so I feel like both of our energy, like I just we like we talked for so long in John Bellion's basement. I know, like we're, we're in his basement and just like laying there. And John does this. I it's like Wim Hof 
Uh, the breathing the, method. The breathing method. And he like, like John preaches it like yeah. it's a religion, like in a good way where like he is so passionate about the Wim Hof. And it's like this breathing method. He showed us. We did it. Lee and I did it. And you like, I don't really know how quite to explain it, but it, it's basically you're allowing your brain to have more oxygen levels than it usually does. And oxygen is what fuels your brain. And so when you have more oxygen in your brain, you have access to more of your brain mm. in just a more clear way. So it's like, like I've never been high before, but I feel like that's what being high would feel like. Do you do it now on the regular or what? Get high? No, no, no. The breathing. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, no I, I actually only did it that once. But like when I did it, you have to, you have to hold your breath for like increments of like, it's like yes. a minute. And like the thing that's so crazy about it is you breathe out before you hold your breath, which is weird. Like, like I didn't think I'd be able to hold my breath. You hold it for like 45 seconds to a minute after you've breathed out. Oh. But like you're so like the whole the whole time you're like sucking in like more oxygen than you than you usually do, and then right when you breathe out you hold, so like you have more oxygen in you, and then you release and then you hold, and like it was I was real so confused because I had just breathed out and I was holding my breath for a minute and I felt like I could do it forever, it was just crazy. But then like at the end you stand up and everything's just wonky. And did you write a song that day? <laughs> we did it at night. So of course we did it right before we go to bed. So like <laughs> See you and I go go into the go into the bunk bed and we're sitting there like Bro, I feel insane right now. This is crazy. <laughs> He's like, dude, I was about to say the same thing. It's just you just like feel different. I don't I don't quite know how to explain it. Random question. Is that a choir on in the stars? Uh, uh, like in the back end? Oh, like there's like there's definitely more than just your voice. Yeah. No? Well, it is it, it's my voice saying in like I did like different voices like like fifty times on top of each other. You you lay yeah, yourself so like in the studio. Um, like like the part where it's most noticeable is in the bridge where it's like I'm still holding, holding, holding on that part. Um, by the way, that's not what my voice sounds like. You be, but you sound really great. Yeah, still sound better than most. So like, I did like one where it's high, like I'm still holding. Like I do like that voice and then like. I'm still holding like you do a voice uh. like that and then you just do like four of each one and then it all just stacks up to sound like it's huge. this huge choir when it's really just me going I'm still holding just like all these crazy voices and then it sounds like a choir at the end and it, I've done that for a lot of songs it's wild to hear you sing and to think that like you didn't know that you could do this well like I, two years ago I would hate for you guys to like for me to leave here and you guys think that that's what my voice sounds like <laughs> so so i promise it, it gets better than that <laughs> but um but yeah it is weird that i didn't know that it it always confuses me like like don't you think i would have known like like wouldn't i have sang sometime it was meant to happen this way yeah it was like is eric in the loop on any of your success oh yeah i text him like literally every day it's crazy yeah i i, t I did promise him this was a bold promise, but I promised I would either pick him up from the airport when he gets back from Peru. I would either pick him up in a Lamborghini or a McLaren. <laughs> and when I play Madison Square Garden, I'm getting a McLaren. And that's a deal I've made with my uh, with with my manager, Jeff. Like, he will get me a McLaren when I play Madison Square Garden, and Sick. I'm going to get him an Aston Martin. That's our deal. That's a fair trade. It's a fair trade. <clears throat> and I'm going to get him... Whatever color he wants, 
and I and I don't remember the model that he wants, but I have a picture of it somewhere. Um, and then he's gonna get me the McLaren 720s Spider, and it's gonna be so sick. Because a McLaren P1 is a little unrealistic. Like that that thing is like over a million dollars. It's like one point two. Yeah, you can't do that. That no. that's just insane. That and an Aston Martin is not fair. But <laughs> the 720s is like it's like comparable three hundred grand. That's like, it. Like yeah, I know, right? That's it. <laughs> just three hundred grand. That's all. <laughs> and so I'm gonna pick Eric up in in my McLaren, and when I do. How long do we have to accomplish this? How long is his mission? Next summer, uh, he gets he gets back like I'm, I think August. Got it. August of next summer. No so, pressure. The, the clock is ticking. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No pressure. <laughs> but 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 if I don't get one at that point, I'm gonna rent one. Okay, cool. <laughs> so no matter what, I have my backup. You're showing plan. up. <laughs> I'm showing up for Eric. Yeah. When is the EP coming? The EP comes. Um, well. As of right now, this could change because, like, dates are so hard to finalize until, like, everything is ready. And I we're still finalizing some songs. So, as of right now, don't quote me on this, but it's a guesstimate. The single will come July 15th. And then the rest of it will come July 22nd. Oh, back to back. That's what we have. Yeah, so it'll be the, like a week before the EP comes out. We'll have the single Better Alone. Beautiful. Well, Benson Boone, I appreciate your time and energy today. Zach saying, I just I just appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate your questions. I appreciate your answers. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate being here. I do want to bring this up. We like to apologize in person about this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I actually laughed so hard. And the reason I laughed so hard is because it says Benson Boone with no E on the end. And then under it was tagged my Instagram account yeah, with the spelled E. Spelled correctly. So I actually think that was the the greatest first impression so you could ever have. I am like, I am a negative amount of offended. Okay, like, cool. Like, it, I just I think it's great. Well, I genuinely appreciate you giving us your time and energy today. Your energy is uh, incredibly unique, and I look forward to seeing you at Madison Square Garden. So hopefully, you get an invite. <laughs> Thank you. You guys have free tickets, by the way. Thank you so much. So you like? Will yeah. you wear a crop top on stage at Madison Square Garden? You can count on it. Got it. A crop top will be worn. Um, I do feel like the crop top has widened your audience. I actually think it has. I did my first concert. Hmm? I mean, it was like a, a small one, but like. I did a little concert in San Diego a couple weeks ago, and it was at this college. And I have this Playboy crew neck that, first of all, I never wear a Playboy. That is not a diss to Playboy. I just don't wear Playboy. <laughs> it's just not my, it's not my thing. Okay. But I had a Playboy crew neck with like, like a stitched outline of a girl in a bikini, and like I would never wear that shirt. Like my mom would be worried if I wore that shirt, but I wore that shirt and I cropped it. For that concert, and it felt great. So, like, I, I really think it's the new thing. Changing lives with the crop top. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. I appreciate you. Please listen to Benson's music. Link in the description below. You good? Yep. Benson Boone, everybody. Hello, beautiful human. You made it to our conversation with Benson Boone. Woohoo! Thank you so much. I genuinely appreciate you. Now, here's a question for you Who should we invite on our show next? We are taking any and all suggestions, so please reach out at Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. 
are always here. Please be safe. Hug your family if you can and don't go to jail. I'll talk to you real soon. Peace and love. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. It was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Russack, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Doristock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herlis. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>